Listen, we've got uh, so, some people joining with us online today. I just wanna, we wanna welcome those of you who are watching with us from Cuba, from Ireland, and Kenya. We are so glad that you chose to be with us today. I'm looking at that bumper, and I laughed um, before. I just, I'm seeing that running in circles, like the guy driving in circles, spinning out, and I'm thinking of my teenage son, because he is 16, and... Hopefully he won't get any ideas when he looks at that, that bumper, right? But uh, listen, we are, I'm so excited you're here today. Last week, we kicked off our new series, Running in Circles. And Johnson uh, dove us into, he took us into this amazing story about the woman at the well that we see in John chapter four. And what I loved about this story is what we see in John chapter four, that this, this moment that he had, this conversation that he had with the woman at the well was Jesus's longest recorded conversation in the Bible. That's how special she was to him. That's how important she was to him. Tells us that he went out of his way to meet with her. He didn't, he didn't go a sidestep. He went out of his way so he could meet with her. And when we think about running in circles, Johnson talked about running in circles, living in a spin cycle, uh, continuing to live in cycles of sin and areas of things in our life that hinder us from, from being in relationship with the Lord. And we looked at this woman at the well, right? He talked about some different sin patterns. He talked about, uh, for him, just a sin pattern of anger or maybe even pornography. And so when I think about those things, there are things that can get us running in circles, Running in circles and make us sick. How many of you have ever gone to um, like Six Flags or an amusement park? I'm sure most of us have. How many of you like the merry-go-round or like the swings or any of that? I'm like, no. You put me on that thing and I'm like ready to lose some things after I get off that. But how many of you know when we go back to sources and cycles of sin and sin patterns in our life, those things can make us sick. They can make us unwell. They can hinder us from receiving what God has for us. They make us tired. They make us weary when we live in these cycles and these patterns of sin. But when we see John chapter four and we see Jesus meet this woman at the well, we see Jesus's incredible grace towards us through his love and through his response to this Samaritan woman, right? And as we read the story, we see him approach this woman who was considered an outcast in her day. In fact, she was such an outcast that when the woman would go to get water, most of them would go early morning, but instead of going early morning, she went later in the afternoon. We see this woman, how, how Jesus interacted with her. She was a woman who was dealing with shame and was isolated by herself. And we see Jesus call out this woman's continual struggle, this continual cycle of sin where she had broken relationships and she continued to look to men to fill her and sustain her. We saw him embrace her as she had had these self-sabotage moments with her cycles of sin. And it's here that Jesus meets her in her mess. 
She was looking and longing for this acceptance, this identity, security, and purpose, all legitimate needs, all legitimate needs that God has created each and every one of us with. We all have legitimate needs of acceptance, identity, security, and purpose. But when we run to other things and other things to satisfy us and fulfill us, all they can do sometimes is leave us feeling empty. And that is what she did. She continued to go to relationship and relationship, but they just left her feeling empty. And then she meets Jesus here at the well. And it's here, Jesus meets her in her mess. It's here, Jesus doesn't ignore her like all the other women do. It's here that Jesus doesn't cast her aside and leave her alone. It's here that Jesus is patient with her. It's here that Jesus offers love. It's here that Jesus offers living water because he is the only one who can sustain her. She'd carried this for so long. She'd carried it for so long, looking for a man, a relationship, things to satisfy her. But it's in this moment she meets Jesus and she finds freedom, and she finds healing, and she receives this new fulfillment as he gives her fresh and living water. And when I read that story, when I read that, and I looked at that, and I see that, I see that symbolically, when I look at this, her jar, her water jug, represents those sources that she had carried so long with her to fulfill her so long with her to fulfill her. And in fact, when we see, we see in the book of John in verses 428, it says that the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Now listen, I don't know about you, I don't know about you, but I don't wanna be in the grocery store. I don't wanna be going and getting my, my drinks, whatever I need, my water, things. I don't wanna be in there and somebody come up and be like, hey, let me just tell you all of your sins and everything that you've ever done. That would be scary, right? Come on now. Has anybody ever had that happen to them? Hopefully not, right? Hopefully not, right? But as here in this moment, she encounters Jesus. She encounters the living God. And in that she leaves her water jug, she leaves the source that she had used for so long to sustain her. And she is so excited that she runs out telling everyone, hey, listen, listen, come and see, come in the sea. This man that told me everything about myself, she didn't care. She didn't care that he knew everything about her. He revealed her need for love. He revealed her need for acceptance. He revealed her need for security and identity and purpose. And in that, when he did that, he said, I wanna give you something better. I can give you fresh living water. I can fulfill you and sustain you. She decided, decided to leave that source, her water jug at the well. Come on now. Come on now. But how many of you know Sometimes in order for Jesus to heal things, he has to reveal things. Sometimes in order for Jesus to heal things, he has to reveal things. 
So it's in this moment as all these things are revealed to her, she finds healing in him. And she leaves the source that she had gotten to from so, for so long. Listen, there's something for you in that. There is something for me in that. When we leave our sources of sin and those things that have kept us running in circles day after day, week after week, month after month, those cycles of sin, when we leave those things and we say, God, have it all, not just part of it, but have all of it, he is there to give us something fresh, he's there to give us something new and something better, amen? Listen, when I can relate to the woman at the well. When we preach these messages, please know that we're not standing up here as something we haven't walked through or God hasn't helped us through. I can relate to that woman at the well. I can relate to the woman who felt like an outcast. I can relate to the woman who felt shame, who felt rejection, who felt isolated by herself. For, for a woman, I can relate as a woman who looked to relationships to give her acceptance, that identity, that, that love, that security, that purpose, right? Whether it be from broken relationships to insecurity or rejection, I was that person running in circles, looking, longing for something, someone to satisfy me, dealing with the same cycles of sin over and over and over again, the same patterns over and over and over again. Now, I haven't had five husbands, so... Johnson would want to talk to me about something if I had, but I haven't had five husbands, but I did have plenty of relationships prior to my husband. And so while my thirst have looked different, nonetheless, right, I have had unhealthy thirst with a desire to get needs met. And so I would go elsewhere looking for those needs to get met and I would wind up getting frustrated or angry or at myself and feeling stuck. And if we're all honest in here, are we honest in here? Yes. Oh, good. That's, I mean, about half of you. Are we honest in here? Yes. All right, now, we're honest in here. I believe that we all have been or are the woman at the well in some way. Chip Judd says this. You can clap outside. Go ahead. <laughs> Chip Judd says this. He says, thirst is the pain or discomfort of an unmet need. Thirst is the pain or discomfort of an unmet need. We have all looked to things to fill our thirst, right? We all looked for things to fill those legitimate needs. Again, we all have them. God wired us with those for acceptance, identity, security, and purpose. But sometimes we have, we have looked to meet those needs in an illegitimate way. And so, you know, Johnson mentioned a few things last week. He mentioned anger and he mentioned pornography. And there are heavy sin patterns right, which are the ones we think about that are more overt, right? We think about uh, drug addiction or alcohol addiction or sexual addiction. We think about pornography. We think about those things. Yes, those are heavy sin patterns and cycles, but we have to understand that those are not the only kind of patterns that keep us running in circles or get us stuck, and we have to understand how they get established in our lives. So unhealthy patterns are established by trying to defend or protect ourselves from something. Unhealthy patterns are established by trying to find comfort or security for something. And unhealthy patterns are established by trying to find healing or relief for something. So for me, I've honestly, I've had patterns of perfectionism, patterns of people-pleasing, 
And I would mask those. They were, they were rooted from rejection and from fear. And, but I would mask them as being responsible and caring, right, to protect myself from rejection. Now, I, I do hope and I believe I am a caring person, but I would do these things so that I wouldn't be rejected. Does that make sense? Right, there's a way, a thought pattern, a belief that we establish in our minds and we live from that versus living from a place of security and identity in Christ Jesus, we're responding in a different way. And so uh, I can tell you from uh, being bullied in middle school to not making the cheerleading team, I know, <laughs> I know. I've got dance moves like you've, you've never seen, right? However, they didn't see my skills, y'all. They did not know what they were missing. However, that's okay, that's okay. I did suffer rejection for that. But with those things, what happened was I learned to sit back and watch. Okay, what do I need to do so I can earn your approval and your approval? What do I need to do to make sure you're going to accept me and not reject me? What do I need to do to make sure that you affirm me and you validate me? That was all rooted from rejection. So let me please you, let me be perfect before you so that you will accept me and not reject me. But see, there, were, there are many more unhealthy patterns and cycles. You know, Johnson, again, he mentioned angle and pornography last night, but for you, it might be something different, right? I just mentioned one of mine, but for you, it could be something different. Maybe you're a workaholic. Maybe you get stuck in busyness or maybe it's patterns of control. Maybe you have to be in control and if you're not, all heck breaks loose. Maybe for you, it's, you know what, when I'm having a bad day, I just need a drink. Or maybe I need to take one of those pills so I can just go to sleep. Or maybe let me just not deal with things and keep my mind busy so I don't have to think about things and deal with things. I have patterns. Let's be real. I have patterns. Y'all aren't going to like this, but you have patterns. We all have patterns, right? We all have patterns and we'll go round and round in circles and we cannot get free on our own. We can look to other sources, but we will not get free on our own. The one person who offers that full freedom is found in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ. And here's my prayer for you today. If you are in this room, you are watching online with us today, that today, those things that you have molded over in your mind, those things that you've been holding on to, those things that you've been saying, I don't wanna keep dealing with this anymore. I don't wanna keep living like this anymore. I wanna stop swiping right. I wanna stop live fearing rejection. I wanna stop running to those broken relationships. I wanna stop picking up the bottle, whatever it is for you, amen. Whatever it is for you, that you would find healing, that you would find freedom, and you would experience that same thing that the woman at the well did just as she left her source, and you would leave your source too. Let me tell you, you have a God that loves you so much, so, so, so much, and he wants you to know the same height, depth, and width of love just as she did that very day. And I believe Jesus is speaking to us today just as he did to the woman at the well when he encounters her. In John chapter four, verse 10, he said this to her, and I believe this is Jesus speaking to us today. He says, if you only knew the gift God has for you, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. I would give you living water. I believe Jesus is asking us today, do you know the gift I have for you? Yes, I see you. 
running in circles, dealing with the same sin patterns, thought patterns, but I have a gift I wanna give to you. The question is, do you wanna receive it? He wants to give you his healing. He wants to give you his freedom. And this gift is for everyone. This gift is not just for one or two or three or a few. It's for everyone. And so let me, let me just say this. Many times we get into uh, a message like this or a series like this and we're like, well, I'm not in any overt pattern of sin. So I'm gonna check out because I'm good. Listen, the journey with Jesus never ends. The journey with Jesus never ends. So whether you've been saved for 20 years, 30 years, 10 years, however long, whatever stage or age of life that you are in, Jesus, Jesus is inviting all of us into relationship with him. He's inviting all of us to receive the gift he has for him. And there is always more to him. So here's my question to you. Are y'all ready? There's a few of you that are ready. Are y'all ready? Yes. All right. Are you ready to ask Jesus for his living water? Amen. Do you want to be healed? Yes. That is a great answer. Yes. Chat, if you're online with us, type it in the chat. Do you want to be healed? Yes, right? So here's what I believe. In order to receive that healing, as we talked about earlier, some things need to be revealed so that they can be healed. That's a tender place. Come on now to allow Jesus to take a look inside. But how many of you know Jesus doesn't want just part of us? He wants all of us. He doesn't want just this little area. He wants all of us. So here's a question I want you to ask the Lord as we begin today. I want you to ask him, God, what unhealthy patterns or cycles do you want to reveal to me so that I can be healed? What unhealthy cycles or patterns need to be revealed so that I can be healed? Make a mental note, write it down, whatever it is for you, do those things. Because I believe the Lord wants to heal you today and he wants to fill you with his fresh living water. Amen? Amen. Unhealthy patterns create three things. And the first thing is this, it's more thirst. More thirst. Unhealthy patterns create more thirst. Jeremiah 2 verses 12 through 13 says this, be appalled, O heavens, at this, be shocked, be utterly desolate, declares the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Now, listen, a cistern wasn't a well. A cistern was something that was already placed and you would have to go get water from another source to fill it. So what he's saying here is you've made cisterns for yourself. You haven't come to the well of living water. You've made own cisterns for yourself. And sometimes when you put water into those cisterns, it can be contaminated. It can be dirty. It can make us sick. That is what he's referring to here. Uh, when Johnson and I uh, first got married, let me tell you, I was like, yes, Lord, mm. come on now. I was like, look what the Lord has done, right here, right? Look what the Lord has done. I was like, I got myself a fine man right here. He's athletic, he is handsome, he's smart, he is funny and witty, and he is godly above all, hallelujah. Come on now, thank you, Jesus. Several praise dances for that right there. And I'm like, God, you gave this man to me. All right now. I was excited. I'm like, come on. 
Ladies don't be looking. He's mine, right? Anyway, <laughs> I couldn't wait to live my life with him. I was so excited and I, I, because now I had this extra sense of security, this extra sense of love and acceptance. And I was like, yes, I feel so good. But the longer we were married, oh, 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 oh. I don't know that y'all can hear that online, but there's a lot of uh-huh and here. The longer that we were married, the less I felt that security and acceptance. Now, let me say this. Like, most of that was because of my own insecurities. My husband has loved me, and he has loved me well. Loved me well. Amen. He's a good man, and he loves God, and he leads our family well. But one day with the O's, because you know where I'm, where I'm going to. One day, I found myself, or we found ourselves sitting in our counselor's office, and I was expressing um, not just a few, but let's just say all of my frustrations. It's like, let me go through it here. Okay, okay, okay. And uh, I'll never forget the moment we're sitting with our counselor, Chip Judd, and he said, Summer, I want you to imagine yourself with a bucket. I have a big bucket, if you can't tell. He said, you have this bucket. We all have buckets in our life. And he said, but through your life, you've had things happen to you, whether it be trauma, whether it be rejection, whether it be betrayal, isolation. And when these things have happened, they've left breaches in your bucket. But the problem is, you're looking to Johnson to fix these breaches in your bucket and to fill your bucket, but he can't do that. Only Jesus can give you what you fully need. So what happens is when you go to Johnson, he gives you love, he gives you acceptance, he pours things into you, but because you haven't allowed Jesus to heal you, all those things do is flow right out of you. Flow right out of you leaves you feeling empty. It leaves you feeling and wanting and thirsting for more. But he's only a man. He can't give you everything that you need. Only Jesus can. You see, in my legitimate need for love and for acceptance, identity, and security, I had forsaken the Lord. I had created my own cistern. Now, my husband loves me well. He does all those things, and he would pour love into me so well, but he can't truly satisfy me like Jesus can. Only Jesus can heal those areas of our heart and the pains of our past. So I had a desire, a thirst, you know, for Johnson to love me well, and he does that well. Those are all legitimate things for us to want those things, right? But while Johnson is there to help reflect Jesus to me, he can never be Jesus for me. Let me tell you, people are meant to reflect Jesus to you, but they can never be Jesus for you. That means a person, that's right, a person on the stage, a person down here praying for you. At the end of the day, Jesus is the only one who can be the repair of the breach of our hearts, of our souls, and of our spirits. But if we don't allow Jesus to heal and mend the breaches, those areas that have been wounded, as people pour in love, just as you saw, all it's gonna do is come out. 
It might remain for a little bit, but it's just gonna come out. We're gonna drown ourselves in busyness and those things and work and all it will do, that stuff will fill us up and make us feel satisfied, accepted and secure for a little bit, but it'll just drown us out and eventually we'll be left feeling empty again and starting to run, 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 run in circles again. Some of you, actually we all have our own bucket, but some of you are holding your own buckets in here today that have breaches in them. And maybe you've looked to other things like work or busyness or relationships to sustain you, to fulfill you, but they've never fully satisfied or brought healing. Listen, Jesus offers his living water and his living water is fresh water. It brings life, it brings health. And when we look elsewhere for uh, satisfaction, we've dug our own cisterns. We've dug our own cisterns. See, as I said, cisterns were there. You had to bring water in to fill them up. Fill them up. You had to continually refill it. And let me just say this. Life with Jesus is not about a one and done and filling when you decided to say yes to him at salvation. Come on now. It is not about a one and done. Not about a one and done. Salvation is the beginning of a relationship with Jesus a relationship with him, which means we continually go back before him more, more, over and over and over again and ask him to be our source because only he can bring life. Yes, provide those things that bring life, strength, health, and healing. The question is, do we wanna be healed? The question is, do we wanna allow him to reveal so that he can heal those things? Isaiah 58, verse 11 says this. It says that the Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Amen. What a promise in that. A promise in that. He will give you strength. Some of you are so tired because you've been in this pattern for so long, but he's saying, hey, come to me. Let me give you a gift. Let me give you a gift and let me fill you with my, my water. Let me fill you with my fresh presence and my spirit, my Holy Spirit, so that you can be an ever-flowing spring. Let me bring that strength back into you where you feel weak, where you feel tired, where you feel like you can't go on. See, unhealthy patterns create this insatiable desire in us, thirsting, longing for more. But Jesus is saying, let me be your more. Let me be your more. The question is, will you let him? Will you let him? Will you allow Jesus to fill those empty areas with his spirit? Unhealthy patterns create more thirst. Unhealthy patterns also create idols in my life. Idols in my life. And some of you, I know you're like, what, what you talking about? I don't have a Buddha statue in my house. Come on now, right? Listen, I'm not talking about you getting down and worshiping like a little statue. I'm not talking about, and you're probably like, I don't bow down and worship a thing, anything. Listen, I'm not talking about that. Let me, let me tell you, an idol is anyone or anything that takes the place of God in my life. Mm-hmm. Come on now. An idol is anyone or anything that takes the place of God in my life. And idolatry is established when we give a person, a pattern, a belief, a higher place of superiority than God in our lives. Where we give a person, a, a belief, or a pattern, a higher place of superiority of God in our lives. And what do I mean by that? Romans 1 says this, 
and tells us that, that tells us that idolatry is exchanging the truth of God for a lie. It's worshiping the creation rather than the creator. Some of y'all need to hear that again. Idolatry is worshiping the creation over the creator. It's exchanging the glory of God for self. And anything that takes the place of God in your life is idolatry. Now listen, this can be a person. These can also be thoughts or beliefs. These can be things that we elevate above the Lord. Our thoughts, our priorities, those things can be above. We can exalt those things higher than a relationship with the Lord. But his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. Amen? Amen. Listen. Yeah, he reigns and he rules over all until we realize that we're gonna run around in circles looking, longing for something to satisfy us but that will never complete us. So after our counselor so graciously uh, told me that I had breaches in my bucket, notice I said graciously and put my head down because I don't know if it was gracious, maybe it was, but anytime you're getting poked at, you're like, oh, okay, that hurts, Right? As our counselor told us that, he said, um, he then told me, he said, Summer, you've placed Johnson as an idol in your life. I'm like, what? No. I do not bow down and worship that man. I love him, but I do not bow down and worship that man. He said, no, 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 no. It's not that you're bowing down and worshiping him, doing all those things, he said, but you've placed an unrealistic expectation on him to meet your every need, and that's not healthy. No, I would tell you I didn't, but clearly, the Lord was using him to reveal some things so that, so that some things could be healed in my life. See, idolatry begins when we lose sight of Christ and we set our things on things below versus things above. And that can be in our thought life, right? Or our priorities, or in my case, my expectation of someone else. And you might be in here saying that, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not worshiping a person. I'm not worshiping an idol or a man or a woman or anything like that, but let me tell you this, before you count yourself out, before you count yourself out, remember, we are asking Jesus to reveal things so he can heal things. Amen? Can I tell you, some of the greatest places when I do ministry with people, um, whether they've been walking with the Lord for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, beyond, is in places of idolatry. And there are idols that they've set up in their life, Idols they've set up in their mind and in their beliefs that they have allowed to have a higher place of authority than what Jesus says about them, about their situation, about their relationships. That is something we don't look to. We think, oh, no, I don't struggle. No, no, I'll be re- let me be real in here. That is something we, all, we can all struggle with. We can all struggle with. I don't believe that's our heart's intention, but I think that's just the way it can just happen unintentionally. So I want you to ask Jesus this question. We're asking Jesus to reveal so that he can heal, right? Let's ask him this question. Jesus, who or what has become an idol in my life? Who or what has become an idol in my life? Who or what have I looked to to heal me instead of allowing you to be everything for me? Some of y'all are making mental notes. Make the mental note, write on your phone, whatever you need to do. But I believe the Lord is starting a process with us and he started at the beginning of this message and he's taking us through because there are things that he wants to heal today. The question is, do you wanna be healed? Yes. Amen. 
Unhealthy patterns create more thirst. They create idols in my life, and they create walls of separation. They create walls of separation. John chapter five, verses two through nine says that now there's a, <clears throat> there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. And these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and walked. This man had been stuck in a hopeless pattern for 38 years. 38 years. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine what faith it took to get up, to get up and walk when Jesus told him to get up and get his mat and walk? Can you imagine that? I'd be like, um, okay, Jesus, can you hand me a walker or something? First? Like, I just need to brace myself. Like, give me something to brace myself because these, these legs, you know, they haven't, been, they haven't worked since I can remember, right? That's where I would be. It says that, you know, he, he, his legs hadn't worked for 38 years. I would imagine, scripture doesn't tell us, but I, I just picture, I'm a visual person, so I just picture like legs with like no muscle, just skin and bones. He was used to living life this way. And here Jesus is saying, do you wanna be healed? He's inviting him in. Do you want to be healed? He's asking the question. See, this man had grown so accustomed to living this way that his thought and belief was that life was gonna, what was this gonna be like him forever? Like, maybe this is just my norm. Maybe this is just my everyday. Maybe this is what life is gonna be like until I, I, I leave this planet, I leave this world. But when Jesus asks him, does he wanna be healed? What is the first thing he says? He gives him an excuse, right? Uh, Sir, I, I have no one to put me in the pool. Jesus asks us the question, do you wanna be healed? Oh, you know what, hold on. Let me get this right in my life over here. And uh, then, yeah, 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 yeah. Then Jesus, I wanna be healed. Jesus asks the question, do you wanna be healed? Oh, you know what? You, go ahead, take care of that person first because I think they're dealing with things worse. They've got it worse off than me, Jesus. You know, let me make, go ahead and take care of them. They, they, let them go before me. Come on now. Listen, this pool where Jesus met him, where, Jesus, where he is laying, where the, the man is laying there at the pool of Bethesda, this pool is known as the mercy pool. It's where it was believed healing waters flowed through this pool. But there was a wall of unbelief this man had already fortified in his mind. He had come to this, you know what? Nope, this is how it's gonna be for the rest of my days. There was a wall of rejection that had been built because nobody had helped him previously. Nope, I don't know that he can actually do it because nobody else has ever helped me. So I don't know if Jesus can actually do this. There was a wall of skepticism that he had built. And when we get stuck in unhealthy patterns, it can create walls of separation from the very love, the very healing and freedom that Jesus has to offer us. Another word for walls would be called strongholds. Strongholds. And the word for stronghold means both a fortress and prison. Fortress 
in prison. It's the idea that when we continue in these cycles of unhealthy patterns, the very thing we turn to for self-protection, satisfying our real needs in an illegitimate way, it becomes prisons. We get locked behind the doors and nobody can come in and we don't feel like we can come out. It creates these walls and these barriers between God along with us and others. Some of us have been stuck in the same patterns for a long time. Some of us have developed walls or strongholds that are separating us between others and our relationship with the Lord. Some of us might like our patterns and you don't wanna pray that the Lord will reveal so he can heal because you're comfortable right where you are. Come on, that's the truth. But some of us have become so accustomed to our patterns and our walls that it's become a normal reality for our everyday life. We've just accepted it. I believe that the man at the pool of Bethesda, he had just come to this place where he just accepted it. How many of you have ever seen the show Dr. Pimple Popper? I got a few of you. All right. I got a few lovers of the show in here. I'm a lover of the show. She's pretty amazing. Let me just say that. I like the surgery shows. I know they can be very disgusting, right? If you, if you are unfamiliar with Dr. Pimple Popper, it's exactly what it is. She's a pimple popper. However, it's not just like little, little bumps, right? She goes in and she has, like she meets with people and it shows us the lives, it depicts the lives of these men and women who have these huge growths and lesions on their body, under, on their arm or on their legs, sometimes on their head, their neck, all over their body. And I love the show. Johnson hates the show. He like walks into the room. He's like, no. And my, but my, but Isaac, my youngest, he's like, mom, are we watching Dr. Pimple Popper? Yes, baby. Come on in. Come sit next to mama in the bed. Let's watch it. Right. We love the show. Um, But I love because it, not because of what the people come in with, but how they leave, how they leave. So we see them, they come in with these huge growths and these huge, these lesions all over their body and things that they've tried to cover and hide for so long. They're still bulging out. You can see them a little bit. But it always amazes me when she asks them the question. She'll ask them, she'll say, so how long have you had this? You hear 10 years, you hear 20 years, as long as I can remember. And the question I, I ask myself, and I'm sure others do too, is they ask the question of like, like, how did you, why did you wait so long to get this looked at? Why did you wait so long to go to the doctor? Why did you wait so long to get surgery? How did you let it get that bad? If I'm honest in here, I, you know, I don't think any of us plan on waiting that long to come before Jesus. Maybe we do, maybe from an embarrassment standpoint, I really don't wanna come and let you reveal so you can heal because I've been doing this for so long, God. I don't, I don't ever see me getting out of the cycle of this. I don't think these people planned on letting it get that bad. I don't think they planned on, let me wait decades and decades to get the surgery, but I think over the course of time, there came to be a tolerance with the growths that they carried. And just like that for them, there can be a tolerance. We can come to just, you know what? This is how it's gonna be. I'm gonna tolerate my sin. I'm gonna tolerate this cycle, these patterns. I'm gonna go ahead and tolerate that. But they had to make a decision. Did they wanna get healed? 
right? Did they wanna get the surgery? They had to make the decision to be vulnerable and share their stories. Come, meet this man who told me everything, told me everything about me, come and meet this Jesus, right? As the woman at the well did. He's what, these people had to make a decision to be vulnerable and allow those things that they've carried for so long to be revealed so that they could get healed. It's amazing when you see them walk in, how they come in, and the shame that they're carrying or just this hopelessness that they're carrying, but then how they leave, the healing, the joy, the excitement, the peace that you see upon their faces, and then the follow-up for months down the road. That same thing, that's, yes, that's in the natural, but God offers that same thing to Jesus, uh, to us. God offers that same thing to us. And so when we look at the man at the pool of Bethesda, you know, even after 38 years, let me just say this, Jesus made no assumptions. He was a gentleman. He asked if he wanted his life to be different. After the counseling session that uh, Johnson and I had had with our counselor, with Chip, um, I went back before the Lord and listen, it, I, I get it. it. It is to go before the Lord and say, God, can you reveal those things so that I can be healed? That's a hard question to ask. But there's something that we experience that he gives to us when we do that. So I went before the Lord and I began to ask the Lord, God, would you begin to reveal so that I could be healed? And he gently started to poke at areas of my heart. He gently began to poke at the patterns of worry and fear, the control that I would try and have, the insecurity, the rejection, the looking for relationships to fulfill me versus looking to the Lord to fulfill me. I had built up walls between me and Jesus going, okay, well, here, here are these things. I don't know if I can fully trust you because of this person that betrayed me, Lord. I don't know that I can fully trust you because of the trauma that I went through. And I'm spilling it all out to him and I'll never forget him gently asking me the question, Summer, do you wanna be healed? Do you want to be healed? Will you allow me to fix the breaches in your bucket? Listen, Jesus is never gonna bully himself into our lives. Jesus never violates our will, but he empowers us to choose for ourselves. He honors us desiring that we would partner with him. But there has to be a want and our will to be set free from unhealthy patterns. And that doesn't mean one pattern, that means all patterns, right? There has to be a want in our will to allow Jesus to heal all the places and to come in and fully satisfy us and for us to be fully vulnerable before him. There has to be a want in our will to tear down the walls of separation. And there has to be a desire to be set free, to stop sinning and allow him to heal. So today, Jesus sets before us an invitation to healing and a call to lordship. And just like the woman at the well, he offers us living water and with him we will never thirst again. And it's not just an invitation, let me say that. It's not just an invitation. It's a call as Christ followers into a deeper, emotional, mature relationship with him as we walk this out day by day, maintaining a heart of humility and acceptance. That's how we walk that out. Acts chapter three, 19 through 20 says this. It says, now repent of your sins, 
Turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. Let me say this. Many times we come before the Lord. God, fill me. God, fill me. God, fill me. I want more of you. I want more of you. But we don't repent for our sins. That's, that's, I know that's heavy, but it's the truth. We want it all, but we don't want to repent or turn from those other things. Refreshing will come when we repent, we get before him, and we ask him for that forgiveness and we turn from those things. I can tell you, the greatest times of refreshing, and listen, it's not a one and done. Again, it's a continuum feeling, but the greatest times of refreshing that I experience is when I come and I leave everything before Jesus. Everything before Jesus. Listen, Jesus is not expecting perfection. He is not expecting perfection, but he's he just wants a heart that's saying, God, I'm willing. Take it all, have it all. God, I'm sorry. I've looked to these other sources. So for me, I have to come before him. And let me just say, when I come before him, in my, I, don't, I don't always do it well. Sometimes I am yelling at Jesus. Sometimes I am crying. He probably can't even understand me, but he still understands me because I'm crying so hard. Sometimes I'm arguing with him but I know I have to come back to this place of repentance and humbly ask for his forgiveness. I have to come back and say, here's my bucket. I picked it up again and there's some breaches again and I've tried to have other things fill it, but right now I need you to mend the breach, Lord. And I have to come back, set it back down for him and ask him to fill it so that his refreshing, living water can wash over me and flow over me. See, it's in his kindness. Some of you have been feeling conviction already as, as the message has been going on. Some of you online, you're feeling the same thing. It is his kindness that draws us to repentance. Why? Because he has so, something so much better to offer us. He has a gift that he wants to give you. He has healing that he wants to give you. But we have to make the decision to come back under his lordship and walk out the process of changing our source. Jesus is saying to us today, he's saying to me, he's saying to you, if you only knew the gift I have for you, who you're speaking to, saying, ask me, ask me and I will give you living water. It's time for us to ask for his living water again. It's time for us to repent. It's time for us to leave the destructive patterns at the well. It's time to leave the walls we build with him at the well. Push those things down. He's calling us to him and he's asking the question, just like he asked the man at the pool of Bethesda, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? And just as we read at the beginning, like the woman at the well, she left her water jar at the well. She ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I did. She was so excited. Let me ask you the question. Are you ready to leave your water jar at the well? Just like she did with Jesus 
repent those unhealthy patterns and cycles and receive his healing so that others can come and see and experience the same healing that you've come to know. Amen. I believe that's your heart's desire and I believe God wants to meet us in this place right now. So let's pray. Father, we come before you. God, I thank you that you are here. You are the giver of good things, the giver of good gifts. And Jesus, I thank you that you are the source of living water, the source that fills us, the source that sustains us. And you offer something so beautiful and so amazing. You offer us healing. And no matter what our mess no long, no matter what cycle we've been in, no matter what sin pattern that is, Lord, if it's been decades, Lord, or it's been months, even hours, Lord, that you are there to meet us and heal us, Lord. You want to heal us. Father, you see us where we are and you offer freedom and you offer that healing. And so it's in this moment, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come in now. We invite you to come in now. I thank you that you're already here and you've already begun to pray in the hearts of us, but we invite you now to come and speak and reveal those areas that need to be healed. Right now, we tell the voice of the enemy to be silent, Lord, the voice of accusation, the voice of condemnation. Father, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus, for it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. And so we ask that you would come and reveal, Father, so that we can be healed, because we wanna leave the sources at the well today, leave them with you, and exchange that for your living water, Father. So I know earlier, I had you begin to ask the Lord and start to ask those questions. I had you begin to ask the Lord, do you have any unhealthy patterns or cycles of sin that you need to be set free from? And so I wanna give you an opportunity right now, I'm gonna lead you through this prayer to repent and just ask the Lord to come in. And so if you found yourself in that, I want you to just pray this with me. Say, Father God, I confess I have sinned against you. I've created unhealthy patterns or lived in unhealthy cycles of sin in my life. I've looked to them to bring me affirmation, security, acceptance, purpose, but I don't wanna run to those things anymore. I don't wanna run to the unhealthy patterns. I don't wanna run to the sin. I wanna run to you. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I ask for your forgiveness. I turn to you, my source, the living water, and I give you all of these patterns. I want you to just quietly in your own way, you tell him those patterns you're leaving before him right now. Just tell him, just tell him, God, here, I leave you this pattern. I don't wanna pick it up any longer, God. I don't wanna pick it up any longer, God. Forgive me, Lord, forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me, make me new. as you lay those things before him, say, Jesus, right now, I receive you, my source of living water. Come fill me now. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. You accept me. You don't reject me. You give me security. My identity is in you. You give me purpose. And you have a plan and purpose for my life. In Jesus' name. I also wanna just walk us through that walls real quick. If you feel like there's been a separation between you and the Lord, and he's right there. Some of you, it's like there's a glass wall. He's right there on the other side. It's almost like you feel like the wall is, some of it, it's like I see a glass wall and it's cracked. 
but you don't feel like you have a, you've broken that down, let's pray this. Say, Father God, I admit I have built walls. I have allowed walls to be built in my heart, in my thinking, in my mind, and in my soul. But I don't want those walls to separate me from you any longer. So right now, I repent of the walls that I've built, the walls that I've created, and I ask for your forgiveness. And in the name of Jesus, right now, I kick those walls down. I kick them down. And I say, no longer will shame follow me. No longer will rejection follow me. God, I receive what you have for me now. In the name of Jesus, I turn to you, my source, and I choose to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Now I want, I want you to put your hands out. Put your hands out, your hands up, your hands out, whatever's more comfortable you, for you. And I want you to say this, Father, right now, as I left these sources, I ask for your living water. I ask for your anointing. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Fill me new. Fill me with your joy, with your peace, your acceptance. I receive all that you have for me, God. All that you have for me right now. And I worship you. I give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I believe, I believe that God has just done an incredible thing, that he has done an incredible thing. Listen, we're gonna sing this song. We're gonna go into a time of worship. And I believe God wants to extend what he just began and, and did in your hearts. So if you wanna sit, you can sit. You wanna stand, you can stand. If you wanna come up to the altar symbolically, just as I'm laying it all before you, Jesus, today, as he's your source here, I want you to do whatever feels comfortable for you. But I want you to sit in this moment. I don't want you to rush from this moment. I want you to receive his spirit. And so as we sing, as we go into, I still believe who he is. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has washed us white as snow. He has cleansed us. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west as we sing this song you receive your healing you receive that love you receive what god did for you and you receive that impartation of the holy spirit let's worship